This is On Call with Dr. Dave, and I have Dr. Steve with me. Dr. Steve and I, we went to medical school together, so we've known each other for quite a while now, and I'll let him tell us a little bit more about himself. Right. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, it's good to good to be on here and good to see you again. It's uh, We get together maybe every five years, four years. <laughs> I think that's a bit about uh, the frequency, but we did see each other in February, which was kind of nice. That was nice. But yeah, we went to medical school at, in Virginia together and uh, uh, one of my good friends, and we should get together uh, more frequently for sure. Definitely. But but I'm a I'm Dr. Steve. Other people call me Dr. T. I'm a, a diagnostic radiologist. I I work for uh, a remote uh, hospital system that actually isn't in my home state. But uh, I work at nights as an emergency radiologist. So all night long, reading from the ER and um, and sending those reports to Ohio and Florida. So that that's my that's my mm-hmm. day job. Yeah, nights are when the crazy things come out. Yeah, that's that's when you, you know, honestly, that that's a great point because I, I did ER radiology during the day at my previous job, and I mm-hmm. found it frankly to be kind of boring. I'm like, man, but the knife and gun club starts, you know, after six p.m. and hits prime at midnight. So, uh, not that I obviously want people to join the knife and gun club, but in terms of my interest, <laughs> that's when it happened. <laughs> but, yeah, I trained in Baltimore oh, for yeah. my fellowship, and every, every night was gun and knife uh, club night. And yeah. you know, it started a little later there, not quite six p.m., but it depended on when the sun set. And cer- certain neighborhoods were always going yeah, strong, and, and certain areas like would really kind of get busy right about like eight p.m. or ten p.m. Yeah, yeah, that you know that reminds me. Just uh, I was on last week, so I work one week on and then two weeks off. There seven 10 hour shifts straight and uh my last case and i have to be careful not too many details but my last case was a multi-gunshot wound uh patient gratefully survived but mm-hmm. um got shot in a place you do not want to get shot as a as a male person um <laughs> and uh but gratefully and was actually bleeding out from there um but gratefully survived and and but they had to they had to embolize and do all sorts of things to stop the bleeding in that area don't get shot in the penis that that's the moral of the story if you can prevent it yeah i don't think there's a great yeah i don't think there's a great place to get shot yeah. but that'd probably be way down on my list i'd probably i mean probably here last yeah uh but after that that would be a close second. yeah if you're not gonna die you know, you're not hitting yeah, the head exactly. or heart or anything like that. Next mm-hmm. is, yeah, don't get shot in the dick. <laughs> no, but I, I'm glad he survived. And, and you know, that I like radiology because of I get to participate in these kind of crazy cases where I can make a difference, where, you know, I can say, hey, and I call him right away and say, hey, he is bleeding profusely from where at whatever site. Or he has a big, mm-hmm. you know, pneumothorax and it could be tension and, and kind of in that acute setting, participate, but remotely. Mm-hmm. But so <laughs> one of the things I like about radiology, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know on my side, I'm anxiously awaiting a lot of my radiology reads when I send somebody to get an imaging study. 
a lot of that hangs on what you guys say. So I'm sitting there. I look through all the images. I feel like I'm pretty good at the areas that I ordered on a regular oh, basis. Sure. But like, I wait until I get that final say from you because there's always something that the radiologist sees that I just don't see or the way they describe it makes it just so much easier for my patients. But it's yeah, we're, we all wait for you guys to like give us your final impression. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think about it a lot now that both of us are, you know, now well into our careers. If I went back, would I I'd do it again? Like, would I go into radiology? And it's actually a tough question for me of whether I would. I think, you know, you are, are definitely in the right place for you, um, what you do. And you're very passionate about it and very patient centered, obviously. I love a lot about radiology but I do miss impacting people's lives directly, like me personally, um, and not just, you know, or a report that I send or I talk to your doctor. Um, so would I do it again? I, I have a great lifestyle. I will say that, um, having two weeks off out of every three is, is pretty nice, but, uh, yeah, I would kill for two weeks off in a year, let alone oh, <laughs> one week and then two weeks. So, uh, but you're, you're right. I, I do like what I do. So I can't imagine myself doing anything else. And you know, I'm starting now that I'm further in my career, I am prioritizing some time off, more time with the family. Yeah. So some of that's getting you know straightened out in my own life as well. Nice. Yeah. I, I think back to when we were third year medical students, I, I did, uh, I did trauma surgery for my surgery rotation. I don't remember. What did you do? So I did neurosurgery. Oh, wow. That was my original goal when I went to medical Holy school cow. to be a neurosurgeon. So I did the surgery rotation pretty toward the end. Cause I was pretty convinced that what's what I wanted to do. I wanted to impress everybody did a really good job on the rotation. The chief of neurosurgery, the whole wing was named after him. Right. I remember he that. Me. He he wrote me a letter of recommendation, and then I realized there's just a lot about neurosurgery I just didn't enjoy, especially spinal surgery right. and the IC, the ICU care. I just never enjoyed that part of it. And so when I decided I couldn't do neurosurgery, I, I just went to him, and I, I kind of felt bad for me because it was my lifelong goal, but also like this guy mentored me, and he wrote me this nice letter. Oh man! And I went to him, and I said, you know, I'm switching. I decided to do ophthalmology so I could go into oculoplastic surgery. And he just looked at me and I was waiting for him to just say like, you know, something mean about, I knew you can cut it or how, right. how could you do this? And he's just like, that's a great decision. You're just <laughs> going to be so happy. You're going to have a great life. And he's, and he said, if you want me to change the letter recommendation for like the ophthalmology match, I'd be happy to do wow. that. So he rewrote me a letter. Holy and God. that was the one thing that everybody mentioned when I interviewed, they said, oh, wow, chief of neurosurgery. Like we don't see letters of recommendation from those people ever. And so that was just like a sweet moment where he could have just said, you know, like, you know, we all think our specialty is the best. Right. And if he, as he spent time with me and I spent time with him, I, I imagine this world where he, it would somehow upset him. And it pro it could have like some doctors could have taken oh, that sure. away, but he was so sweet. And just the, the willingness to write me that letter. I don't know how much that did or didn't help, but I know it meant a lot to me. And that's that moment of compassion where wow. you know, a surgeon that had no reason to really care about this med student was probably like the thousandth med student right. he'd mentored after the over the last 30 years but in that moment he just took some time and really helped me out so there's a lot of sweet things in wow. medicine just not even with patients just those interactions we have with each other that that's impressive because you know i was uh 
before I am at the current institution I'm at, I was at an academic institution and, you know, regularly, you know, people asked me to write letters and uh, I wasn't in the position that he was in. I'm sure he was ridiculously busy and, but he still took the time. I, that's super impressive. What a cool dude. Yeah. It was, it was really helpful. What, what, what surgery rotation did you do? So I did trauma surgery and, uh, Okay. Our, our good friend RJ and I did it together. And uh, I was just thinking back to, you know, if I would have gone into a specialty that was more you know, direct hands on with patients, it, it might have been been trauma. I'd, there There's such an energy to trauma surgery and such a, you know, a passion, especially the surgeons at VCU that uh, I could have seen myself going into that. I don't think Crystal would have appreciated that as much, my wife. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I know when I switched from neurosurgery, my wife is really appreciative that I chose something other than neurosurgery. Now she actually sees me on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure Crystal's really grateful you didn't do trauma surgery. Yeah, and I think maybe maybe the public doesn't understand how different the medical specialties are in terms of mm -hmm. uh, lifestyle and uh, and being with your family. Neurosurgery definitely would be uh, totally mm -hmm. distinct from what you're doing right now in terms of what you would, what you could give to your family. And that was a consideration for us. Mm -hmm. so, but I, I was thinking about trauma surgery and some of the experiences that I that I had on there and Early on, I think it was our first week, there was a, we were on it like, I don't know, it was 10 or 12 p.m. And um, there was a family that was traveling for a gymnastics meet uh, late at night and the mom fell asleep, unfortunately, and they got in this huge wreck. I think there were three or four girls, the mom, um, and mom wasn't doing well. They were, they were doing ACLS on her or advanced uh, life support on her and CPR mm -hmm. and all that. And we were in the, in the room and, but we weren't taking care of the patient as the medical students. And I was just fascinated with everything that was going on and, you know, the orchestra that is, you know, ACLS and who was directing it and all that. Um, but we had to get to a, a surgery. So we were walking down the hall and we were just talking about how fascinating this and that is about, about it. And, uh, I'll never forget it, but her, her husband was walking down the hall with, um, one of the other surgeons and, you know, just distraught. And at that moment, you know, all that fascination with the medicine side of trying to save her life kind of went out the window and you realize, you know, this is, this is real life and this is the worst day of their lives. You know, this is mm -hmm. yeah. just devastating for them. Um, and I, I felt like I needed to tuck my tail, you know, between my legs and, and skirt away. Cause, um, I felt almost guilty with being fascinated with the, the medicine side of it. And obviously I've matured from then, but it, it definitely taught me, to appreciate the human side of medicine and to appreciate the perspective that a lot of times this is their worst day they've ever had, you know, in their life. Um, yeah. And, you know, working ER radiology, 
I'm the one finding people's cancers. You know, they come into the ER and they're like, man, I've had belly pain for, a, you know, a few months and it's, it's gotten worse and I got to go into the ER finally, or I've, you know, this thing growing out of my <laughs> neck, um, but I'll finally go to a doc. And, and so with, with those cases, I'll always call the doc and be like, Hey man, it, it's not looking good. Or Hey woman, it's not looking mm-hmm. good. Um, you know, has this pancreatic cancer or, you know, whatever. And I do try and think of, well, how would the patient want to hear it and, and what would be the best way to communicate it in the report? Uh, because mm-hmm. I know they're going to, they're going to eventually read their own report and, and see what I, I said. So, but the, the, Radiology, it's a little bit harder to have the human side of medicine. And so I, I try to put myself in their place um, when I'm doing those reports. But, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive because a lot of times it's probably easy to disconnect and you would, it's almost probably just you want to disconnect because you don't want to have to feel those emotions. Yeah. But the fact that you're trying to still put yourself in that situation, I mean, I think that's what makes a difference between a physician, like a doctor that's like there. Right and trained to care for people. And you're not just somebody reading a report. Like you are somebody that's looking at that image. And even though you're not in front of the patient, that patient is on your mind. And it it makes a world of difference on how you even do it. Like you're not just scrolling through really quick to like knock them out because like you are imagining a real person on the other side of those images and even how they're going to read that report. So I mean, that's the humanity of medicine. It's easy to say certain specialties don't have patient care, but like we're the whole reason we go into medicine is because we care right. and we just find the way that works best for us to care for patients. But uh, yeah, there's a big, there's a lot of humanity and just how you view it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful that where I'm at currently, they, uh, they value quality much more than quantity. Mm-hmm. Whereas where I was before, just by nature of how much volume there was, you just had to crank. Like there's, you just mm-hmm. had to get the reports out as fast as possible. And here I have a little bit more time to put thought into it and, and really um, make sure the report is how, how I wanted to come across. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've done something similar in my own practice where I, I see fewer patients than I used to, oh, but I get to spend more time with them and I get to, you know, we, we actually form a connection. I have time to talk to them. I, I, honestly don't want patients to feel rushed and that they're part of some sort of machine that just is a money-making machine. And so I pulled back and I can partially do that because I do cosmetic surgery. And so some of those higher end procedures allow me to spend more time with people, but it allows me to spend more time with the medical patients, the cancer, the trauma, and they're not rushed through. It's not just this like, you know, mill pushing people through. So I, you know, there, there has to be the business side of medicine because we have to make money and the whole system has to make money to work. But, you know, I think a lot of us are trying to fight back or at least I kind of like put a stake in the ground and say, no, we we need time to do our jobs correctly. Right. Yeah. And, you know, a a lot of those problems where we have to work faster and harder and and not spend the time that we we should, it's a systems issue and a Mm -hmm. lot based on, you know, declining reimbursements, the insurance not paying appropriately, um, and it, it creates a system where uh, many docs have feel like they just have to go as fast as they can, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah now when you're when you're at a party and you're trying to just like tell like a, a funny story you're just kind of like lighten the mood a little bit at a party what's your, what's your go-to story uh <laughs> well it depends what type of party it is uh there's parties <laughs> where my parents are where you know it has to be pretty tame and then there's parties where it's you and i dave um but uh <laughs> there was a so radiologists we you know we see everything we see everything that's put everywhere you know that's that's uh you can't hide anything from us that that's the no, yeah. <laughs> that's the fun part of our our job similar so um there was once this uh, someone put a butt plug i'm sure everyone knows what a butt plug is um and they pushed it too far and that that's a regular occurrence and then you know they can't get it out but oh gosh so they took a flashlight to look inside and they pushed that too far and that got stuck as well so there was this turned on flashlight so inside they could actually uh when i talked to the doctor like you could see a little bit of a glow you know, from there, from the going through like the urinary bladder from the bladder. So it was like lighting up. And then the radiograph was this butt plug and then, and then a flashlight right behind it. And, uh, but had to go to the OR actually, they couldn't get it out. So (laughs) I hope, I hope that flashlight didn't burn too hot. I know that's what I thought about. I'm like, dude, you could, you could really hurt the mucosa there in your colon with, with that. Yeah. And, and do we believe that the flashlight was only to look for the other object or do we, do we believe that it was just ex- inserted for a little extra? Yeah. I mean, a little you know, more length or, uh, no, I, I think it was to search for the, for the butt plug. And, and obviously yeah. their, their butthole was quite cavernous if, you know, they, they could actually look. They could get that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't tell that story to my parents, uh, you know, they, yeah i I, I imagine not there's a lot of things my parents don't need to hear about as well like in medicine or in life there's certain things you just don't talk to your parents about what about like what about like a story you would share with your parents like just something that uh you're hanging out just like thanksgiving at your parents house uh what what story are you telling yeah most of those are are kind of the the heartwarming stories so before i came to where i'm at right now i used to do a lot of joint injections um, which I really loved because they were short, super positive interactions with patients. Like mm-hmm. they come see me every six months, say, Hey, Dr. T, um, and <laughs> do a quick hip injection and, and they're good to go. And we had this elderly patient that had been dealing with pain for years and years and finally came in to, to see a doctor and the orthopedist uh, sent her to us to give an injection. And we did on, on both sides and both of her hips. And um, she got off the table, you know, all timidly because she has a ton of pain typically. Mm-hmm. And um, so she got off. We always have patients do a little walk and say, hey, how's your pain now? At a, you know, on a scale of zero to mm-hmm. 10, what was it before? What is it now? And she, uh, she's like, oh, my goodness. It's a zero, Dr. T. It's a zero. And she started dancing. She's like, I can salsa again. And she was dancing around our floral room, which is kind of, you know, tight. And, and she grabbed my hand and was like, you want to dance? You want to dance? 
I, I think you, you know salsa better than I, but it, it you know, it's just those really positive interactions that, that made that job particularly fulfilling. And that lady, you know, she came back and saw me six months later and, and was hopping on that table to, to get another injection. And um, I do miss that. Now that I'm, you know, fully remote, because I, I don't see any patients. I don't see any docs. Um, you know, it's only over the phone. I do miss that time where you can really just one needle in a joint and they're good to go for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a few months. Uh, that was super rewarding. But, yeah. And I bet your parents love those stories too. Those are the, you know, they're, those are the moments where they have that like, yeah. oh, you know, like <laughs> obviously like usually when you're in medicine, your parents are usually pretty proud of you. It's, you know, it's one of those jobs that parents hope their kids yeah, end up doing. For sure. And my parents will tell stories and they want to hear things and they sometimes get a little confused about what I do and the specialty. And then like, what's the difference between like this type of eye doctor and this type of eye doctor. But one time they came to visit and there was a rollover accident right in front of us as we were going to dinner. And I just put the car in park. I'm like, you guys can go to the restaurant. I'll see you guys later. You can wait. Let me see what's going on. So I, you know, run onto the scene to take care of this person that's like rolled over her vehicle. Holy cow. And my parents, I came, I came back. My parents were just beaming. (laughs) And for me, it was just like, I, I'm a doctor. There's something in front of yeah. me. There's somebody that needs my help. I don't think twice about it. But for them, they, they saw me in action and they were just like smiling. And me, it's like, I'm coming from this trauma and I'm thinking, oh, this poor person. I'm not in this headspace where I, oh, look at me. I'm great. Right. I'm thinking, oh, I hope this girl does well. We got the EMS there. I called her father like on her cell phone to talk to Holy him God. about what had happened as the EMS was loading her up. And I come back just kind of like a little heavy because it's, it's trauma. Yep. And I just see my parents just, you know, full <laughs> smiles and they're just so proud. And it's, it's one of those moments that you just like, if you could kind of ride a moment for yourself, right. it's one of those moments you'd want, um, like your parents to see you doing that, that thing. And so, th- like you said, those are the stories where you tell how you made somebody walk again and she was able to dance. Yeah. So we, we, we impact people's lives. And even like, like you said, that radiology read in the middle of the night, telling somebody that lungs collapse, pneumothorax, peric, like, you know, yep. like. There's a lot of things like if you get that read and your knowledge is going to save that life and maybe you never meet that person. And yet that person still benefited because you did your job correctly. So I think that's still pretty amazing. So even though you don't get to see it, it's it's still happening. Yeah, definitely is. I, again, I, I do, you know, should I gone into emergency medicine or trauma surgery? Maybe, but uh, I, I do like what I'm doing. And I, I do, like you said, I, I do have to think. Like, hey, I am impacting people's lives, you know, positively, whether uh, yeah, I see definitely. them or not. But yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate your stories, and also, I just like talking to you. I'm, I'm glad we yeah, connect this way. So it's, it's fun for me. So I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. We'll do it again sometime. Hi, this is Dr. Dave. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please rate, review, and share this episode so that we can continue to get you more stories in the future.